Hello and welcome to the weekly pick-off wildcard recap edition where we have a couple of guests joining us today. Uh, oh boy. Hold on one second. Let me see if they want to say hello. <laughs> I've got some uh, <laughs> some dogs here who are pretty excited because they helped me keep the trophy here at Casa de Monica. And we're pretty happy about it. Okay. You know how much it stinks to go five and one and lose? That stinks. Well, I think it was it five and one. Are you sure it wasn't four and one? Uh, there were six games, so I went five. Oh, 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 one. sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking about weeks in a row that you won. Oh, 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 oh. No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, we both went five and one, but we had a tiebreaker that I sadly created and it blew up in my face. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, the Browns. Oh, the Browns. Wow. It, you know, this is this is the extension of the year 2020. I mean, we are in the 2020 playoffs. You know, yep. it's the year 2021. But uh, I believe you said this to me five or six weeks ago. It's 2020. The Browns are good here. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, that that is. Uh, wow, the Steelers suck. Holy crap. Yep. They deceived us all for the first 10, 11 weeks of the season. Yes. Because yep. here's here's what gets me is what what was your comment about the Browns the first time that they played the Steelers? Something about the Steelers sent them to their rooms. The Steelers sent them to their room. They took the iPad away. They told them they were grounded. And that was the end of it. That's what they do every year. I'm sure yeah. you saw all the stats that throughout the broadcast last night, they kept posting about, you know, the, the Steelers against the Browns in Pittsburgh or like 23 and two since this. And like mm-hmm. they own them. They absolutely mm-hmm. own them. Except what happened? Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing about getting grounded is it's supposed to teach you a lesson if it's done right. And I think Ah. that the Browns might have learned their lesson. And I mean, I saw it coming. I saw it coming three miles away and nobody believed me. And so I said to you today, even if we tied, I just think that me knowing that the Browns were going to win deserves some credit. And that alone deserves the trophy. I mean, sure. If that's how you want to feel about this particular week, that's great. Yes. Um, yes, because the Titans-Ravens game was too close. Either team could have won that game. Well, honestly, every single game was decided by 12 points or less. Uh, it was a pretty good weekend for football. I mean, there was a lot of competitive games. Games... Ended up being a little closer on the scoreboard in some cases than, you know, it was in reality. I mean, uh, 21 to 9 was the biggest gap for the Saints and the Bears, and the game didn't feel that close. Right. So, um, but yeah, Baltimore, Tennessee, a one score game. Uh, Tampa Bay, Washington, somehow a one score game. Mm-hmm. Indy Buffalo came down to the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I know. Good, good weekend of football, and uh, yeah. we got some 
some good matchups coming up. Yeah, we do. Before we talk about that, though, because the games were so good this week, my question for you is, who would you say is your wild card player of the week? If you could give the game ball to any one player in the wild card round, who would it be? Oh, man. Uh, Sorry, I'm putting you on the no, spot here. No. Well, here, here, let's do this to be fair to me. Do you have one off of, uh, that you have ready to go? or? Yeah, I sure do. Okay, so I can, you go, I can go first. This, yep. this one might be a little bit of a cliche, but it's hard for me not to give it to Josh Allen. Uh, he was 26 for 35, three total touchdowns, 324 yards, no interceptions. He had 11 rushes for 54 yards, and he did have a fumble, but you kind of have to ignore that based upon those other numbers and their win. Um, so my game ball goes to Josh Allen this week. Way to win. Way to move on to the divisional round, Mr. Allen. Sure. Um, you know, yeah, I, I probably don't have an argument with that. If I had to pick somebody else, I'd probably pick Tom Brady. I mean, 381 yards passing. Uh, he just looked perfect like he did exactly what he was supposed to do and he took care of business um again a game that wasn't quite as close as the scoreboard shows um right well yeah okay so we both gave our game balls to quarterbacks do you think that those were the best two quarterback performances of the week you know i actually really liked Lamar Jackson's managing of the game that he did. Um, Mm -hmm. He ran all over the field and uh, in a game that they didn't need, you know, 40 points to win. They, they only allowed 13 Baltimore's defense did a great job of, of stuffing, you know, we keep using this word, but stuffing um, Derek Henry, Mm -hmm. Uh, Lamar Jackson took care of the ball. He ran for an incredible, I think it was like a 50-yard rushing touchdown. It was Mm -hmm. a la Michael Vick prime stuff. I mean, it was was exciting to watch, and uh, yeah, I'd probably go that way. Yeah. Um, So then my question on the flip side of that is, who would you say is your worst quarterback performance of the week? Oh, man. You know, it's funny because – Big Ben had 500 yards, <laughs> uh, but you can't have four picks and, uh, you know, that that snap that went over his head. He could have pretty easily fallen on. Um, yeah. Russell Wilson, I think, is probably the one to me, though. I, I have a hard time, again, when you put up 500 yards uh, and and you put 37 points on the board. I have a hard time picking you. Mm-hmm. Where was the Steelers defense? That's what I'll ask you it, more than anything. Sure. Um, uh, 11 of 20, 11 of 27 completions for uh, for Russ. That's miserable. That's real bad. Yikes. So yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that didn't surprise me about the Seahawks was their <laughs> offensive line didn't show up not surprising that's been up and down all season their defense didn't show up they've been up and down all season it was like the Rams just did whatever they wanted to do both offensively and defensively and once again DK Metcalf was like completely silent other than that one touchdown that he had I mean he was just 
he didn't do anything throughout that whole game. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, he uh, didn't even catch half of his targets. Uh, He literally was one play and then he disappeared, which is insane. I don't think that that's like who he'll be for his career. It's just a really weird end of season stretch for Russell Wilson and the whole offense. I mean, their Mm -hmm. offense just really looked pretty gross for the last, I don't know. Was it probably five weeks? It looked not great. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what's going on with the Seahawks. I think they said that was like the first in like 20 home playoff games that the Seahawks had lost or something like that. Or it was like the first that they lost, uh, lost a playoff game at home under Pete Carroll, or maybe both. I don't remember what exactly the stat was, but basically the fact that they lost over the weekend was giant. Yeah. And listen to these score totals for the year. I'm not going to tell you what matchups. I'm just going to go from week one all the way to week what would have been 18, essentially, the first week of the playoff game. There's just this monumental shift at week 10 when they went from being a great offense to just being extremely average. Mm -hmm. 38, 35, 38. These are what they scored each week. 31, 27, 34, 37, 34. Here's your big drop. 23, 28, 23, 12. They did get 40 points against the Jets. 20, 20, 26, and what did they have last week? 13 points? Mm-hmm. Something like that. They just they couldn't buy a 30-point game. They mm-hmm. just they couldn't all their they were no longer special, I think is right. the way I would say it. They 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 went to just being average, and mm-hmm. you're not gonna win in the playoffs being average. No, not at all. Not at all. Um yeah, so I mean that game didn't surprise me. I don't I don't know that it surprised you either because we both picked the Rams to win that game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and to me the the Rams defense is what I I pointed to. I just thought, you know, the mm-hmm. and I've been saying it all year with Aaron Donald and Patrick or Patrick Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Who is Patrick Ramsey? I'm going to no look clue. that up later and find <laughs> out who that is. Um but uh, yeah, I, I just thought overall they've got a great defense. They've got a great coach. And uh, again, Seattle had no momentum. I mean, we saw in the Pittsburgh game how much momentum meant. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's going on this enormous run. And, you know, they had scored like 17 straight points and Cleveland yeah. couldn't do anything. And then it's fourth and one and Pittsburgh punts it away. Yep. And their momentum was gone. And that yep. was the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, momentum I know. means so much. It really does. And I think that that was one of the things that I thought about as I was making my picks for this coming week for the divisional round. Um, And so we can talk about that a little bit as we sort of get into these next picks. But I have a couple of things that I think that we need to talk about before we hop into those picks. And uh, one of those things is I don't I want to get your opinion on this. I want to know how you feel about this. I personally am way more excited for the the AFC matchups and who out of those four teams makes it to the Super Bowl than I am for the NFC matchups. Uh, I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way at all, actually, now that I'm looking at it, is because 
and you know they they clearly proved me wrong. Uh, but I don't give Cleveland a chance against Kansas City. I don't. I mean, anyone has a chance. You play a game of football, you can win a game. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good enough to be in the playoffs. Clearly, um, yeah. I, I I think Kansas City probably blows them out. And then I will say the Baltimore Buffalo game could be close. I'm, you know, I I. I I'll tell you what my pick is a little bit later. Um, but I, I think that like, I just see Kansas city walk into a super bowl. I really mm-hmm. do on the NFC side. The Rams Packers game is tough because even though Aaron Rodgers throws it everywhere, the Rams defense is made to, this is the kind of like, this is where their money is on defense. It's pass rush and pass defense. Mm-hmm. There, if any team can stop the Packers or slow them down, you know we talked about stuffing Derrick Henry. Like, right. if any team can stuff Aaron Rodgers, no one can. He's Aaron Rodgers, but can you slow him down? Can you keep him under thirty points? Can you keep mm-hmm. him under twenty-five points? Man, if you could yeah. do that, you've got a real shot. Um, who knows how that could go? And then it's it's Tom Brady against Drew Brees. That literally anyone. I have no idea who's going to win that game. That is a coin flip of coin flips. Um, So it's really interesting to me because you've got a shot of getting a hall of famer out of the NFC, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. Um, And any of those matchups versus a Patrick Mahomes would be really interesting to me. So yeah, I want to, I want to see where it goes, but um to me, the drama is definitely on the NFC side. But what? Why do you? Why do you feel that way about the AFC? Yeah, I mean, now that you say that, I actually like. I don't disagree with any of that, and that puts it into a little bit of a different perspective for me, um, because I wasn't really thinking about it through that lens. I was thinking about it more through the lens of like, we have some teams here who like have not made it as far as the teams in the NFC have historically or not historically, but recently. Right. So you have the Browns and the bills who have both had these like playoff droughts in different ways. You have the Ravens who like should have made it farther last year, but didn't. And then for a couple of years before that, even they were just like, they, they weren't making it. And so you have three of these teams and even the chiefs before last year, they had this major drought when it came to super bowl wins and things like that. So in the AFC, it's like, you're seeing this shift a little bit of the teams that are proving themselves and making it to that next level. And so that where that's where I think I'm excited because you have a little bit of a level of intrigue where it's not expected. So I think it's a little bit of that unexpected, but I do think that you're absolutely right. When was the last time that we had all three uh, of these quarterbacks who are all like MVP caliber, all three of them are probably going to retire within the next couple of years. So who's it going to be? And you're right. That matchup against Patrick Mahomes would be very, very interesting. It's like, uh, old hat versus new generation. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess they're exciting for different reasons, but I like the intrigue and the unknown more so than I like the familiar matchup, I guess. But sure. I do get what you're saying. Yeah. And let me just make one point about those three quarterbacks, these hall of famers with Rogers, Brady and breeze. Um, mm-hmm. 
Brady's got six rings. He's done it all. He's the greatest of all time. He doesn't need a single thing. He could get blown out 40 to nothing uh, this coming Sunday, and it wouldn't change his legacy one bit. Right. Um, Breeze has one ring, and they've been perennially a contender for a Super Bowl almost every year that he's been there. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers has one ring, and they've perennially been a contender for a Super Bowl almost every year he's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you only end up with one ring in a Super Bowl, or excuse me, in a Hall of Fame career as a quarterback, it's kind of disappointing. Like, it's not bit. disappointing. Yeah, it's not disappointing to the level of, like, an Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the end of Peyton Manning's career, he was starting <laughs> to get labeled as a choker, even with his one Super Bowl win. Yeah. You know, you you just have that level of regular season success and you're missing a ton of postseason success mm-hmm. other than one single season. It, it it puts a little bit of a blemish. And so I think that um, and this, in my opinion, is especially for um, uh, for Aaron Rodgers, uh, getting that second Super Bowl is going to mean a lot to him. Yeah. Um, so I I think you're going to get to see a Super Bowl between probably Patrick Mahomes and then one of these future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and it's going to be the old blood, young blood Super mm-hmm. Bowl matchup. And, uh, yeah, it should be really exciting. But, um, yeah, give me NFC games. I think those are going to be a, a blast this week. Yeah, I think they will, too. I just say, I'm just saying I look – I'm looking forward. Sorry, words are hard. I'm saying I'm looking <laughs> forward to the AFC games a little bit more than the NFC games. But I'm still excited, very excited for the NFC games. I'm very excited to hear you do your absolute best to wish the Browns uh, victory into an ex- <laughs> existence here. So I'm excited for that matchup. Okay, well, well, we'll get there shortly. But we have yes. one other topic that we need to talk about because this Just- was... Just a minor topic. Yeah, minor topic. Um, Small. So breaking news, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have fired head coach Doug Peterson after five seasons. Uh, obviously, his second season there, uh, they won a Super Bowl. They went to the playoffs for two seasons after that, and then this year had, this, had a stinker of a year, um, and Peterson is now out. So... The biggest question, I have a couple of questions that I want us to sort of touch on uh, to get your opinions on, and maybe I'll share a few of mine. But was this the right decision for the Eagles? I don't have an answer. And I've been, you know, like I'm supposed to come on this podcast and like share my opinions. I don't have an answer to that question. I don't know if it's the right call. And and there's multiple reasons why that's the case. Uh, The first reason to me is, any decision when you make uh, a choice to let someone go and replace them, it's a two-part decision. You're letting one person go and you're replacing them with someone else. Right. And so I can't possibly know if the whole decision is a good one because you have to replace this person. If you replace this person with, oh gosh, uh, the Michigan head coach, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh, Mm -hmm. Um, I might be really interested in that, 
Uh, if you replace him with Adam Gase, I'll literally become a Giants fan. Like, I don't know what team. <laughs> but if you, if I, uh, I'm Monaco, when I say this, I am not kidding. I don't think there's any universe that Adam Gase is getting a head coaching job this upcoming season. But I, I actually thought somehow, about that. I thought about if that today. somehow <laughs> happens, I'm, I'm literally going to be done with the Eagles. I am not kidding. I am not kidding. I will not root for Adam Gase. Okay. Okay. Well, you're on the said. record, and I believe I'm you. I'm on the. Uh, oh, oh, and I am completely serious. Um, Just what happened give me today? Some of your thought process. Yeah, like, yeah, give me some of your like pros do. and cons. Yeah. So, what happened today was unprecedented. I mean, you've. I don't think we've. You know, maybe it wasn't unprecedented. So, head coaches that win Super Bowls get fired. It's it's crazy to think about. But uh, Mike Shanahan with the Broncos mm-hmm. got fired uh, like 12, se- eh, maybe like 10 seasons after he won the two Super Bowls with John Elway in the late 90s. Uh, you had um, John Gruden got fired from the Bronco or from the uh, Buccaneers, excuse me. Yep. Um, and, you know, it, what I mean by unprecedented is for the period of time in which it took mm-hmm. Super Bowl in 2017 playoffs and a playoff win in 2018 mm-hmm. 2019 playoffs a bad stinker year this year mm-hmm. gone like that is shocking to me and so it's i don't think it's necessarily right or a wrong decision i there's definitely reasons like i i see valid reasons like doug peterson coached terribly this year mm-hmm. he was he was bad like i don't have how many times did we complain about, you know, you're not running the ball and you are a top five team all year long in yards per carry. Right. And you've got a quarterback that's floundering. Right. Some of it his fault. Some of it your fault, coach. And some of it his weapons fault. You know, there's lots of reasons to go around for why Carson Wentz was as crappy as he was. Um, but you got to help him. And you're going forward on fourth and four at your own 50-yard line with a bad football team. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. You go for it when you are a good football team because the numbers that you have are you – know, you are more likely to convert when you're a good football team. Like, yeah. that sounds so simple, but, you know, the high-risk things that you do make sense mm-hmm. when you can do them. This year – it was very unlikely that we would be successful in those things. Yeah. So you need to play more conservatively. It just, he didn't adapt at any point. And here's mm-hmm. the last thing I'll say about this is he's got a Super Bowl on his resume. He has shown he is an excellent coach with a good football team. He right. takes a, a good football team and can make it great. Mm-hmm. He takes a lousy football team and makes it horrible. Yeah. And you're going to lose a locker room doing that because Mm -hmm. you have to be able to consistently get more out of what you have. Right. And he just got an amplified version of what it was. Mm -hmm. He didn't get more all the time. Sometimes he got less and I'll, I'll let you go ahead. I have one other opinion on the whole Howie Roseman thing. We'll get into that, but go ahead. I mean, I don't really think that I, I don't have anything to say that I, where I like disagree with your comments. I think I'm a little bit more on the side of like, 
yeah, I think it was the right move. You just, I, I think it's hard because from what I've, what I saw the year that the Eagles had the most success, which was the Super Bowl year, obviously, they lost so many coach, so many coaches on the coaching staff. Yes. After that, and it just wasn't the same. So. It shows me that Doug Peterson was as good as he was that year because of the people that he had surrounding him. And that's not like a foreign concept, but um, it it was also rumored and kind of confirmed at Jeffrey Lurie's press conference today that Doug wanted to bring back some coaching staff that had been let go, who really, like, I don't see any reason why you would want to bring those people back. Um and and it's like he he didn't understand who he worked well with. Um, the other big thing for me now this is uh, I don't know that it's a hot take. I actually heard it reported today, but I'm of the opinion that by letting go Doug Pete words are so hard by letting go of Doug <laughs> Peterson, <laughs> um, the Eagles have made the decision to stick with Carson Wentz. Because if the uh. reports are true that it was a Wentz-Peterson issue where Wentz was not being coached well because Peterson was not calling plays that were playing to his strengths. I believe that. Then it's like, okay, well, then maybe you need to get a coach who can actually get on board with the strengths of your franchise quarterback. Will that happen? I don't know. So I guess in that respect, too, I'm with you there. It's like it's hard to know if it was the right choice until you see who they replace him with and how it works. Um, I think it's going to be hard, though, too, because the cap space, which we've talked about, is such an issue and the drafting has been such an issue. It's like who like how are they going to fix this? Like, a head coach at this point is not going to be the fix. Like, there's so many problems that need attention, and that's not going to happen in a year. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. And, you know, just to be fair to you, you've been pretty consistent that you uh, want Doug Peterson out. Now, you've also said that you want Howie Roseman out. And I have been over throughout the year – kind of shifting towards that view. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily start that way. Um, mm-hmm. Here's, here's, you know, we, we bag on Howie Roseman all the time for the picks that he's made and the people he's passed on. Everyone passes on people. You can always point to some super special player that got passed on at six or seven picks later was unbelievable. And like yeah. every team can do that. Yeah. Um, the players that we picked were understood to be decent players. Like Howie Roseman's not selecting guys that should be going in the seventh round in the first round. Like that's not happening. Sure. You know, when he selects JJ Ortega Whiteside uh, and Jalen Rager, like those are guys that are expected to have very nice NFL careers. Mm -hmm. They might not be superstar level players, but when you're not picking in the top 10 picks, you're usually not going to get those absolute breakout players. The DK Metcalfs in the second round are exceptions to the rule. They're not the rule. Right. Um, Having said that, you know, 
he's definitely whiffed on picks. Mm-hmm. But at some point, at what point do you put some of that, at least, a percentage of that on Doug and say, why can't you coach these players that have high draft pedigree into something useful? Jalen yeah. Rager was was fine this year. He was all right. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had an injury in that. But, like, when he was playing, he was fine. J.J. Yeah. Arthur Weiss is useless. He literally <laughs> has not. And I'm not trying to be mean at like to, as a person. He's, But he has not produced anything on the football field. Mm-hmm. Some of that has to be coaching. Oh, 100%. You know, I, I, and, and I don't know what amount it is. Um, one of the things that I always get on my 76ers about over the last five or six years is we had this one coach named Brett Brown and like nobody ever seemed to get better under Brett Brown. And that was always people would, would go off about that as like, you know, our star players haven't really gotten any better, whatever. Who's gotten better under Doug Peterson. Can you name some players that have improved since Doug Peterson has got here? No, like I'll give you the floor. Like I can't think of really anyone who I would say, you know, they were a B level player before and are now an A, or they were, you know, an undrafted uh, Travis Fulgham is probably the only guy and you benched him halfway through the year for no reason. Yeah. Well, another prime example of that is like, you look at Nelson Aguilar who basically regressed over the course of, his time with the Eagles and now he's with the Raiders and like doing amazingly. It's yeah, he's, like, he's having a good season. It's like, you don't, you don't over. just like, you don't just go from a receiver who can't catch balls to one that is, you know, a, a deep threat in some situations. Like you don't just go there. You, you have that talent and then you're coached well. So it's yeah. like, was that the issue with Nelly in Philadelphia? I mean, it's possible. Um, it's just so. Every free agent we bring in, which we don't have a lot of money to bring free agents in, but every time we bring in a free agent, they almost always produce at a worse level than they did previously. Yep. I just can't understand why that's the case because the guys we bring in are decent players and you have to pin that some of that on the coach. I I think to me, the firing was if I have to like answer good or bad, I think it was a little hasty. Um, but from what I'm reading, they were talking about how Doug wanted to just promote a lot of internal guys to replace players or to replace coaches, excuse me. Right. And his view was very much a, how do I compete next season mm-hmm. when this is not something that some band-aids will fix. This is a two, three, maybe four year. Honestly, I'm going to call it a rebuild. I know people hate saying that, but I've been on record saying I don't see us being competitive next season. We have, a lot of things we need to fix and we will get into this off season um, because I want to take a deep dive on the Eagles salary cap situation. It's abysmal. Now, one of the things that, you know, 
gets reported today is that Howie Lurie, uh, Howie Lurie, Jeffrey Lurie <laughs> loves Howie Roseman. See, I'm it's it's a struggle right now. I don't know what it is, but it something's in the water. Anyway, uh, it really likes Howie Roseman's ability to deal with salary cap and like he thinks he's a master at it. And I don't even disagree with that. I think every year you hear about some salary cap move that Howie Roseman did that just is mastery and that's great but at some point you need the person pulling the trigger on the decisions to know football and when you see bad player get picked after bad player Mm -hmm. let let howie negotiate all the contracts but don't let him pick the players like it's just not working it's not working i would like him to get canned too it doesn't sound like there's any chance of that happening Mm -mm. Um, no, I'll so I'll push back ever so slightly, just five more seconds. I'll push yeah. back ever so slightly. I don't think this was a Wentz or Peterson thing. I think there's still a definite chance that Wentz gets moved on from this offseason. Could be wrong. We'll see. I mean, I really did think that, but my, sh- my, my thought process started shifting, um, as I was reading more about the possibility of Doug being let go. Um, But here in my mind is what the compromise would be. If Roseman is not going to be let go, then for me, I would say hire somebody to help him. Just, just, just don't give him all of the decision-making power because of exactly what you said. If they would hire somebody who can help him in the areas where he is weakest I'd say, okay, let's give it a shot. But I don't know if that's going to happen either. Isn't that what all good leaders do is they hire to their weaknesses? Like as as a business owner, I know what I suck at. There are lots of things. I am horrible at organization. So people that work for me in the office, which unfortunately with COVID, no one is. uh, (laughs) But over the period of time where people were working for me in the office, I deferred a lot of my organization because I'm not very good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is that so hard? It's just, I think it's a humility thing. I think guys, when they get paid millions of dollars and they they just got these egos and it's just, it's so hard to, uh, I don't know. I want to see draft experts draft for the Eagles, talent evaluators, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when Chip Kelly basically called Howie Roseman a salary cap guy. Looking back now that Chip Kelly has been fired long ago, people criticized Chip Kelly for saying that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a little truth to that. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, there's history is written by the victor. And so Howie Roseman won. He, he won that power struggle. And mm-hmm. Chip Kelly got canned. But just because that's the case and Howie Roseman outlasted Chip Kelly doesn't mean everything Chip Kelly said was incorrect. So sure. Yeah. I digress on that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so last question before we get into these picks. And you don't even yeah. have to explain this. Um, off the top of your head, where's Peterson going to end up? Hmm. Do you have a, a list of openings in front of you? I mean, I'm sure I can Google it in two seconds. Um, uh, not in front of me. 
but even vacancies. even so, let me let me tell you this. So one of the reports sure. that I saw today, um, which a report's a report, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it was interesting. It said he'd be the perfect fit for the Jets. So that was an interesting hmm. one to me. Um, but I could also see him going to like an offensive coordinator position somewhere, potentially. Uh, he's a great offensive mind. And so I feel like maybe he ends up somewhere in that vicinity. But he is a head coach with a uh, Super Bowl win on his resume. So I think it's hard to to put somebody like that in an OC position and not a head coaching position. So I guess we'll see. Did you find anything that would give you some, yeah, uh, some thoughts? Yeah. I, I'll just name all the teams with a head coaching vacancy super quick. Uh, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Jets, the Falcons, the Lions, the Texans, and then us, of course. Uh, the Texans kind of peek off the page to me a little bit. And actually, I mm. think the Jaguars did uh, – did hire somebody, but uh, the Texans, I think, you know, they've got a quarterback in place that seems like he's a star quarterback. Uh, I'm looking at their cap space situation. It's actually not very good and they don't have a first round pick coming up this year. Um, but, you know, half the battle of any franchise is, do you have a star quarterback in place? Mm-hmm. And as I look at the rest of these teams, Detroit's got an older quarterback on an h- expensive deal. Same with Atlanta. The Jets don't know what their quarterback situation is. Yeah. L.A. Chargers, that actually is a pretty desirable job with Justin Herbert in there. I know. That's an um, interesting one. Man, you know what? Mm. No, I'm going to stick with the Texans. I, You know, okay. I think... I think Doug will get a head coach job. Like, I think if he wants one and, you know, sometimes coaches, especially with Super Bowl wins, can sit back and wait a couple years if they want to. Sure. And just take a little break and wait for the just right in their view head mm-hmm. coaching job to open up. And uh, I think Chargers and, and Texans, I, I don't know that it gets a whole lot better than that. Um, what do you think? Uh, I don't like the Jets report. I think that was just like an easy because because Joe Douglas is up in New York, too. So it's like I feel like that's just an easy thing to say. Um, I kind of like the idea of the Chargers. I think that that's an intriguing idea, especially with Justin Herbert. Uh, They've got some of the pieces in place. I was actually just looking at teams records. I didn't realize that they'd gone seven and nine. Like, that's not terrible for where they're at. Um, Not at all. So I don't know. I'd keep an eye on that one. I think I would be shocked to see uh, Doug take anything other than a head coaching job mm-hmm. uh, in the small event that he just kind of wants to take a little bit of a backseat for a year. If Eric Bieniemy, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, gets hired out, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people think he will, um, I could see Doug taking a one-year offensive coordinator job with the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I, I would be shocked to see him not take a head coach job, but I, it's possible he could just take a, okay, I don't want to be in charge of everything. Let me just scheme offense for one season. Sure. Uh, so I don't know. With, with Andy Reid, who he has history with. So of course. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, before we wrap this up, let's get into these divisional round picks and see where we stand, if we are agree, we going to get one disagreement we disagree, this week? We I, might not. <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's figure this one out. All right. Oh so, man. Uh, let me see here. 
Uh, I don't know if these are going in. I don't think these are going in game order. We're just going to go down NFC, AFC and do it this way do this it. week. So uh, in the NFC, the Packers are at the one seed and they are hosting the Rams who were the sixth seed. Is that correct? Sounds right. Yes, that was correct. Okay, yeah. Uh, so they're going to be in Lambeau. Um, here are my thoughts on this game. Earlier, you said you think that this one could be really close because of the Rams' defense. So here, here's my thought process, if I if I may. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Aaron Donald uh, has torn cartilage in his ribs somewhere. Oh. Is expected to play. But I'd keep an eye on that because I'm not sure he's going to play as many snaps. We'll see. Uh, Cooper Cup has bursitis in his knee, is expected to play. But again, I'd keep an eye on that. They still have not named a starting quarterback because John Wolford actually has a stinger. So the injury is not quite as severe as maybe some speculated. Even if Jared Goff starts, he is still recovering from that thumb surgery. And it's cold in Lambeau. And that's not very good for a recovering joint. So <laughs> that's a good point. That is so, a good point. You know, I just the Rams also. I mean, even in their division, they're used to playing in places that are warm. You know, they're playing in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle is like depending on what time of the season it is, and Arizona. So it's like they're playing anyway. I digress. You, you know what I'm trying to say. No, th- no, that's uh, good. It's hard to play in Lambeau. Uh, the Packers are well rested and um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it could go either way for me, but I still am going to pick the Packers on this one. What I will say is what I am most excited to see in this game is the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Devonte Adams. I think mm. that's going to be really fun to watch. Absolutely. So um, tell me, tell me your thoughts on this one. Where did you land? Yeah, I, I'm going Packers. Um, it's it's hard to pick against such a dominant offense uh, that can run, they can pass. Uh, it doesn't matter what the game situation is; they can do what they need to do to win the game. And mm-hmm. uh, you've got uncertainty at quarterback. Uh, you know, <laughs> just to give myself some random <laughs> credit for something, my <laughs> sure. ability to my ability to diagnose injuries from seeing them on TV is amazing. I don't know why that is, but um, I literally I looked at uh, oh god, was it what's his name Wolford? I John always Wolford. forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked at it. I'm like, I don't think that's a concussion. That looks like a stinger to me. I said that out loud and. I don't know why I like whatever. Maybe well, I should go get a degree in medicine. Who knows? That's good be on really you. fun. Uh, but yeah, I, Aaron Donald with the rib injury. I hadn't heard of that. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not great. Uh, ribs and back. Like you can't not use them. You can't rest them. Like every moment that you move, uh, you're hurting them. Yeah. <laughs> It's not good. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the game will be close just because the Rams' defense is spectacular and uh, and the Rams can score. They, they can run. Uh, Cam mm-hmm. Akers has, has looked really good over the last month or so. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. But I, it, I think the score will probably be something like 28 to 19 or 28 to 21 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me the Packers. Um, 
yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers just be able to manage the game well. And and even though I don't expect him to put up, you know, the 40 points that they've been putting up here and there, um, uh, they, they should win the game handily. You can't, you can't go into Lambo with injuries and random issues and, and expect to win. So, right. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun, interesting game to watch, um, but I do expect the Packers to come away with the win. Okay, so then moving on in the NFC, we have the Saints, who are the three seed, hosting the Buccaneers, who are the five seed. This is a divisional game. These two teams have already faced each other twice this season, and both times the Saints have come out with the victory. Um, You said this is a coin toss. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Both offenses are spectacular. Both defenses are average. Uh, You've got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that can throw for 500 yards in any particular game. I don't know that Drew Brees is really doing that this year, Uh, but part of that is because they just incorporate Taysom Hill so much into the game plan. Um, But it's a positive. It's not this random thing that, you know, teams try and it doesn't really work, but you want to try, like, no, Taysom Hill belongs on the field for 15 or 20 snaps a game should absolutely be running the ball. Sometimes Uh, he can catch, he can do everything. And uh, you know, Michael Thomas was back this week. He looked good. Alvin Kamara is special and underrated. And um, I mean, I think the saints are playing an easier defense this week than they played last week in Chicago. Um, Yeah. Give me, give me, Oh man, this is so tough. (laughs) <laughs> oh man you know i just love the weapons for brady i love his postseason success and i'm mm-hmm. gonna go tampa bay um i'm gonna go brady i just the historical success that he's had he doesn't lose games like this and the saints have notoriously lost some games like this where they were favored and probably should have won. And, uh, you know, they had a better season than Tampa Bay did. Uh, I think some of that was early in the season. Tampa Bay was adjusting to having a whole different kind of a quarterback running a whole different system. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, give me Tampa Bay. I expect it to be incredibly close and the best game of the week. You do remember what happened the last time you went with Brady, right? <laughs> like, I'm it just went making sure that poorly. you. Yes, I'm just making sure that you know that before you set this in stone. Oh, I'm setting it in stone because okay. it's so hard to bet against Tom Brady. I mean, he's the goat. He's the best ever, and he's got the best receiving core he's ever had. Sure. Well, what do what do you think? Um. I'm going Saints, actually. Um, So I was just kind of, I was looking at this a little bit. So Bruce Arians has four playoff games that he's coached as a head coach. Um, One of those was this past week. So before this year, he had two playoff games that he coached. Um, Before this year, he had only won one playoff game. Sean Payton has head coached. 16 playoff games and has won nine of them. Um, The Bucks also have a a fairly young team and the saints have just because they've had more playoff appearances. I think a lot of those players 
uh, especially the ones who have, have been on the team for a few years. They're used to playoff games. They've been there before. The nerves are going to be uh, probably a little less of an issue than some of these young Buccaneers players. Um, I don't know. I just it is really hard because you're you're totally right with with Tom Brady and his weapons and just his playoff success in the past and all those kinds of things. But you also do have to look at the team as a whole. You have to look at experience. You have to look at at the head coach's experience in games like this. So I think they have a little bit of an advantage in that aspect. Um, And they're at home. And there were some fans in the stadium, which surprised me because I didn't think that that was being allowed in new Orleans yet, but I guess that's a new thing down there. So, um, so yeah, I'm going saints. I do think that this is going to be a very exciting game. I think it's going to be very close, but, um, yeah, I think the saints are going to come away with the dub. All right. Okay. Moving on to AFC. We have the Kansas city chiefs who are at the one seed who are hosting the Browns, the Cleveland Browns who are the six seed. Um, obviously the Browns upset the Steelers this past week. There have been a couple of other upsets earlier in the season that surprised us. I, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think it's very hard for some people to get out of their heads that the Browns have been so bad for so long. Um, but, but They just, they're proving themselves to me as real contenders in the NFL. Um, Baker Mayfield continues to grow on me. For a long time, I said he was the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. I, I just didn't like, I didn't like him as a number one overall pick. I didn't like him as, you know, the star player that they said he was going to be. He is 100% growing on me on and off the field. Um, I sent you an article yesterday about how he and his wife brought um, a, a guy who has terminal cancer to the game uh, last week. And uh, Emily Mayfield gave him seats in her personal suite. And then after the game, Baker and Emily drove him and whoever he was with, his dad, I think, back to wherever they were staying so that they wouldn't have to wait for an Uber. I mean, people don't do that. Like even people like you and I don't always do that. So I just was like, I give him major credit and that, that earned a lot of respect um, in my book for Baker Mayfield. All that to say, um, I do have the chiefs winning this game. I've said it all season. I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes. This team is just, it's too good. However, this is one where you and I are going to disagree because I would not be surprised if this would be an upset, but I do have the Chiefs winning. Yeah, I mean, you know that I have the Chiefs winning. Um, I, I think you'll actually be a little bit surprised to hear me praise Baker Mayfield. He's got one pick since October. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. I know. Um, You know, it's weird to think that Odell Beckham Jr. not being a part of the team is helping them, but Mm -hmm. it is. And I I don't know how to explain it. Um, Maybe it's just when you're so focused on getting one great player, um, the football, you don't, progress through reads and run offense the way that it 
probably ought to be run and they've got good enough receivers and Jarvis yeah. Landry is very good. Um, mm-hmm. He really but, is. Uh, you know, they, they've got good enough receivers that, you know, losing OBJ on the surface is really not a disaster. Um, I think they trade him in the off season, but all that to say the defense isn't great. Mm-hmm. You know, even in a, in a game that, they dominated. Uh, they still allowed, what was it, 37 points or something like that. Um, yeah, give give me the Chiefs. And the Browns have a chance in this game if they can do what they've been doing, which is just be efficient, don't turn the ball over. I mean, they are taking such good care of the ball. And so... You know, if they end up with 30 points in this game, I'm not going to be blown away. Um, I just think that the Chiefs are going to go up against a defense I think is average at best, maybe a little bit below average. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're possibly going to put up a 40-piece. And that's, you know, the Browns' offense is looking great. And even though they just scored 40, that's not who they are. They're not a 40-point scoring offense. That's, you know, they'll be able to – put up points but it's I mean I they, maybe they, Baker Mayfield's taking a turn here then they did we'll that see. a couple of times this season those those blowout games um one other thing I will mention is they did that to the Steelers without their head coach Kevin Stefanski even like in Pittsburgh because he That's, is in yeah. COVID protocol really incredible so, really incredible it, it is incredible and very impressive so yeah I think this one could be closer than the Browns are going to get credit for but uh this is my game of the week this is the one that I'm the most excited to watch okay yep last but not least uh we have the Buffalo Bills who are the two seed in the AFC hosting the Baltimore Ravens who are the five seed um this is going to be interesting. I went back and looked because I couldn't remember. These two teams did not face each other in the regular season. So, I don't know. Who do you have on this one? I'm going to give you the floor first. Well, I know you have the Bills because there's no way you're picking against the Bills because you have a crush on Josh Allen. I don't mean that literally, but you <laughs> have, you know, you, you just really appreciate how he's played this year, and, and rightfully so. I mean, if, if it wasn't for – you know, just the unbelievable season that Aaron Rodgers had, um, uh, you'd have to put him right up there at the top of MVP discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got the bills and I'm not confident about it. Uh, the reason I'm not confident about it is because the Ravens play defense. They play it well and they run the ball well. And, I think Lamar Jackson might have might have turned a corner this week. You know, he he had that label where oh, you can't win a playoff game. You know, he was just zero and two. It's not like he lost seven in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, the first one was his literally like his second start of his career, uh, and and then last year they had a bad game. Like last year they it was embarrassing. They should have, they had no business losing and they lost, but. Uh, I mean, what did they hold the Titans to 13 points? Their defense is fantastic. And, and uh, you know, if they could take Stephon Diggs out of the game, they've got a shot, but I don't think they'll be able to. When you look at the Bills' offense and uh, their passing weapons, they've just really got so many places to go with the football. And, again, Stephon Diggs, that addition, 
to the offense really just took them to another place. Yeah. Um, the scary thing for me for the Bills is their running backs are doing nothing for them. I mean, they're just giving them absolutely nothing. And so I don't feel like any lead is going to be safe with Buffalo because can they, you know, just sit on the ball and drain clock? I don't, I don't know that they can. Yeah. Um, I think their offense is just, it's good and it's good and it's going to, it's going to score um, even against that great defense for Baltimore. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that they are not going to be able to close the deal out. I'm going Buffalo, but with, a lot of hesitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, I do have the bills and I, I said to you yesterday, I didn't think that any team that the bills could potentially face in this round would beat them. Um, bills do have home team advantage. And this is where I think momentum is going to come into play a little bit. Both of these teams are riding on a lot of momentum, but the bills are riding on the playoff drought momentum (laughs) where, you know, they haven't gotten this far since 1995. So it's like, they're just riding that. And I think that we talked about this, like momentum can change things, whether it's in a game or in a season. And, um, they, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I've said this for weeks. It's really hard for me to pick against the Bills. I am incredibly impressed with Josh Allen, um, as you so eloquently put it. Sorry, but he's <laughs> a little young for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't uh, mean it that way. I was gonna uh, say man crush, but that made no sense. So. No, it it didn't. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I would. I'm, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more confident in this game than you are, but I do think that it's, again, these are every single one of these games is a good matchup as they were last week. And I just, man, I mean, playoff football is great. So I, I just, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, last we talked, I think I had a Chiefs Packers Super Bowl. You had a Chiefs Saints Super Bowl, but now you picked the Bucks over the Saints. So who's your Super Bowl pick as of right now? Where do you stand? Chiefs and I would love to see a Chiefs Buccaneers Super Bowl. The storylines behind that would just be incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, come on. It's It could be the end of Tom Brady's career. He could get the one-up on Bill Belichick. You could have a back-to-back Super Bowl with Mahomes. Uh, yeah. Also, Give the, me... the Bucks would be the first to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It's a... Oh, man. You're right. Give me Tampa. Okay. Give me Tampa and look. It's probably going to be the Packers. <laughs> I'm not trying to hedge here. Yeah. Um, I think Tampa. Oh, man. It's Tom Brady really going to go to Lambeau? And I don't know. No, I'm flip-flopping. Give me the Packers. It's the Packers. It's the yeah. Packers. It's Packers Chiefs. Gosh darn it. It's yeah, I, I have the Packers, too. Um, I do still have the Chiefs, although I think that we could be surprised literally by any one of these teams in the AFC. I guess as we could in the NFC, but I'm a little bit more, like I said earlier, I'm a little bit more intrigued by the AFC this year. So 
Uh, I do have a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl, but ask me again next week. We'll see what I say. Absolutely. All right. So uh, the destiny of the trophy is riding on this Saints Bucks game, huh? Yeah, no tiebreakers needed this week, uh, nope. which tiebreakers never seem to go my way. So I'm done with this tiebreaker crap. If we tie, we tie. Tom Brady, Tom Brady's or picking Tom Brady doesn't ever really seem to go your way either. Yeah, you know what? He's won six Super Bowls. He's been in nine. I'm just going to choose to believe. Okay. All right. Well, we shall see what happens this weekend. As always, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at Weekly Pickoff to let us know who you think is going to win this week's matchups. And we may be throwing a couple of other polls in there from time to time, so make sure that you're tuning in because we want to hear from you. But until next time, we will catch you later here at the Weekly Pickoff. I have a five-second question for you. Will the Eagles have a head coach by the next time we record? No. I agree. Deuces, everybody. We'll see you next week.